Section 23 of The Day Before Yesterday. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Day Before Yesterday by Richard Middleton. On Children's Gardens. In the well-ordered garden of every well-ordered house, that is, every house that numbers children in its treasury, there lies screened, perhaps by some inconvenient shrubbery, but none the less patent to the stars and the winds and the polite visitor, a tormented patch of earth where sway in dubious security of tenure a number of sickly plants. For days they have lain parched and neglected in the summer sun. For days they have been beaten down into a morass by torrents poured from an excited watering-pot their roots have regarded heaven for no less a period than their heads and in the face of such unnatural conditions ceres one fancies must have fallen back in confusion and left them to struggle on as best they can unaided it is only the most hardy of plants that may survive the attentions of a youthful gardener and it is a tribute to nature's obstinacy that any survive at all i have in my mind a garden of this kind and thereby hangs one of those rather tragic stories which grown-up people are apt to consider funny the garden lay below an old brick wall which must i think have faced south for as i remember it it was always lit by the sun it was the property of three children and their separate estates were carefully marked off by decorative walls of shells and freakish pebbles here early and late two of the children waged a gallant war against nature thwarting and checking her with a hundred delicate attentions but on the third had fallen that pleasant mood when it is nicer to lie in the shade and to dream of wine than to labor in the vineyard his garden was a tangle of weeds and of healthy neglected plants and when the inevitable awakening came he saw that it would require days of unprofitable work to turn the wilderness into a proper garden yet to hear the uninformed comparisons of visitors was a shameful ordeal not to be borne he solved the problem i still think in a very spirited manner he cleared the garden by the simple process of removing plants and weeds alike and sowed the ground with seeds purchased alas with a shilling extracted quite illegally from his money-box but the secrecy of these movements had not escaped the notice of the olympians and later there fell on his horrified ears an entirely new and obviously truthful theory of botany it seemed that the word thief could be plainly deciphered on the flowers of dishonest gardeners there were no blossoms in that little boy's garden that year like the monk in browning's poem he pinched off all the buds before the sun was up they were simple flowers we sought to cultivate in those days simple flowers with beautiful names violets and snowdrops the reticent but cheerful pansy otherwise known as three faces under a hood lovelies bleeding wallflowers stocks and london pride or none so pretty of these and their unaffected comrades we made our gardens spades and pickaxes were denied us but the simple gardening tools were ours and he has lived in darkness who has not experienced the keen joy of smacking the earth with the convex side of a trowel 
my hands tingle when i remember how sore weeding made the fingertips and there is something in the last ecstatic chuckle of a watering-pot as it runs dry that lingers in the ear i am aware that there are persons of mature years who can find pleasure in the performance of simple garden tasks but i am afraid that subconsciously it is the aesthetic aspect of flowers that attracts them and that their gardening is only a means to an end no such charge could be brought against our efforts we cared little about flowers or results of any sort we only wanted to garden and it troubled us not at all that the labors of one day destroyed those of the day before to dig a deep hole and to fill it with water when completed is as far as i have observed no part of the ordinary gardener's daily work but it was our favorite effort and a share in the construction of these ornamental waters was the greatest favor that we could grant to a friend there were always captivating insects with numerous and casual legs to be discovered in the digging and great stones that parted from the earth as reluctantly as nuggets and when we had hollowed a cup in the earth we would pour in the sea and set our hearts floating upon its surface in paper ships the sides of the hole would crumble down into the water like real cliffs and every little fall would send a real wave sparkling across the surface of the ocean then there were bays to be cut and canals and soundings to be taken with pieces of knotted string weighted with stones water has been the friend of children ever since moses floated in his little ark of rushes to the feet of pharaoh's daughter i question whether they know very much about this sort of gardening at kew a place which is however beloved of children for the sake of the excellent spiral staircases in the palm houses but every sensible child has the art at its fingertips and in the time that we take to reach brighton in a fleet motor they will construct a brand new sea for themselves a sea with harbors and islands and sunken reefs a perfect sea of wonder and romance if we are prepared to set aside our preconceived ideas as to what a garden ought to be we must own that the children are not far wrong after all a garden is only a world in miniature with prairies of flowers and forests of roses and gravel paths for the wide dusty roads when we plant flowers in our garden it is though we added new territories to our empire new reds and blues and purples to our treasury of colors and so when a child has wrought a fine morning's havoc in its little patch of ground it has added it may be an ocean it may be only a couple of stars to the kingdom of imagination which we may no longer see it only needs a sunny hour or two a trowel and a pair of dirty hands to change a few square yards of earth into a world and the child may be considered fortunate in being able to express itself perfectly in terms of dust our books and pictures cumber the earth our palaces strike the skies and yet it is our common tragedy that we have not found expression while down the garden behind the lilac bushes at this very moment milton may have developed lycidas into a sticky marsh and shakespeare may have compressed hamlet into a mud pie the works of the children end as they begin in dust but we cannot pretend that ours are more permanent end of section twenty three